Hello, neighbor. You are listening to the New Garden Church podcast, and we are so glad you're here. Our church meets at 10 a.m. at DuPont Tyler Middle School in Hermitage, Tennessee. You can join us in person, or you can catch our gatherings after the fact on our YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you. We hope that you enjoy what you hear today and check back in with us again soon. shuffling to make their way into the long lines that were already there. Those people who, who left, that they, they left the city, the sacred city, and they showed up in the desert to hear and encounter John. And I can see myself in that line. In fact, I can see all of us together in the lines of people. There were a lot of people there. I mean, my Matthews count, it was everyone. I mean, all the people from Jerusalem and Judea, and even if you say, well, that was a preacher's count, it was still an awful lot of people. Uh, Matthew captures the movement with this message. It says, John preaches, repent, or turn around, for the kingdom of heaven is close. I mean, he says it and says it and just keeps saying it. John's message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close. He says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. And I can see us there in that line of people waiting, watching, deciding if John will be helpful to us this Advent as we prepare for the one who is coming. I can see us there in that line of people, young and old, some of them who grew up alongside you in the neighborhood, in the same church, and you look around the room. You look along the line, and there are people you don't even know. But all of us together watching John, waiting, deciding whether he will be helpful to us as we prepare for the one who is coming. I can see us there in the line. It's that point when John saw them coming that everything changed. It's the place in the story, the exchange in the scene that wouldn't leave me alone because things changed when he saw them coming. Now, I'm not saying John was handing out warm fuzzies before then, but something changed when he looked up and he saw them. The Pharisees and Sadducees, and many of them were making their way to the same place for baptism. Uh, You know them, the people who, who matter. When they show up at a gathering, we recognize them. The elected officials among us, those dignitaries, we call out their names. But John didn't call out their names, he called them names. 
Snakes, he said to them. I mean, hasn't anyone ever told John when people respond to the altar call, you say thank you? But this is the place where John earned his reputation, where John minted his Christmas card. Perhaps you've seen it. Uh, Happy Advent, you brood of vipers. I thought about asking Ashley if we could just send this out this Christmas. And this is that place. Something changed. Oh, it, he was stern before, but this is 10 out of 10 tense. And it hasn't left me alone, wondering why. Why did John do this? Why didn't the baptizer just baptize them? When he looked up and he saw them coming, what was it that happened here? And several nights this week, I went to bed wondering, I woke up thinking, what is it that happened here with John? And I had this suspicion that eventually matured into a conviction that if we got to understand what, what's going on here, the way John responds to them, that it may just help us Prepare for him, the one who is coming. John, why did you do it? I didn't get an audience with John. We didn't get that time, the one-on-one to sidebar with John and say, John, why did you do it? But we did get Matthew, and on our way home with Matthew, as we process the event, we continue to ask Matthew, why did he do it? Why did John respond to them the way he did? And some will say, well, maybe it's as simple John had a bad day. John had a bone to pick with that particular group of of leaders. Perhaps the Baptist had a bias, a bias against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And some may even say, well, maybe it was John. Maybe it was John who was out of line when he yanked them out of the line for baptism. And perhaps... Perhaps that is possible, but as we make our way back from this scene and we process the thing with Matthew, it becomes increasingly clear that Matthew didn't see it that way. Matthew didn't see John as being out of line. Matthew sees John as being helpful. Not just to the Jews as they prepare for Jesus, but to us. Those of us who are still in that same line watching John deciding, is he going to be helpful to us as we prepare for the one who is coming? And that's when Matthew points it out. Did you catch the difference in the way they came? Oh, it's subtle, but it's significant. Uh, The people from Jerusalem and Judea and the region, they came confessing. And this group of religious leaders, they just came. This is our introduction to this group of religious leaders. It made me wonder who they are, what they've done. We don't have any stories about them before this in Matthew. But if you follow them the way Matthew does, they're going to say a lot. They get all kinds of speaking parts. They confess all kinds of things but sin. 
is not one of them. And this is where that suspicion started growing into a conviction. This could be helpful to us. As we prepare this Christmas, we confess all kinds of things. But sin usually isn't one of them. It's not just the way they came, though. John sees something. Sees something different in them. And John is one of those people who will tell the truth. He's not going to say peace, peace, where there is no peace. He's going to tell the truth. And we need people who tell the truth. John sees through the veneer. And what John sees is these people, they may have come to the water, but they didn't come for his baptism. Now, people got baptized in that day for, for several different reasons. There were baptistries in the area. I know they came to the river, but people were, were being baptized, often as a purification rite, sometimes by the synagogue or the temple, people were getting baptized. There was a group of Jews in Qumran, they, they baptized every day. Somewhere along the way, people started baptizing Gentiles when they joined the family. People got baptized for different reasons, but what John was doing was distinct. It wasn't every day. It wasn't just for the Gentiles. And John says, it's for you. Repent. Turn around. And you got to know this isn't a group of people who are used to being told, turn around. You ever have that experience where you're, you're listening to someone talking? perhaps even an intercom or a PA system, and you think, well, they're just talking to everyone else. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, they're talking to me. They called out my name. This is that place where, where that suspicion grew full-born into a conviction. John is helpful to us. He wasn't just right for them. He is right today. Because John looks at that group of people and says, you weren't here for repentance. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. But you know, and I know, this isn't the only group of people, religious people, who are better at ranting than they are at repenting. No, we look around the line and say, that's, that's a lot of us, isn't it? I mean, you, you just ask me in the lobby. If you ask any one of us, what's wrong? What's wrong with the world today? What's wrong with society? What's wrong with our culture? What's wrong with your neighbor? What's wrong with the church? And you better pull up a chair. You better be prepared to stay. But this wasn't the only group of people who are better at ranting than they are at repenting. And John says, turn around. Yes, you. Even those of you who say, we're, we're children of Abraham. We're not used to being told to turn around. I mean, imagine if someone stopped you on your drive-in to church this morning. You say, I woke up and I got where I was going. I set out to be here, and I know where I'm supposed to be. And someone says, stop, turn around. And we say, who do you think you are telling me to turn around? 
We're children of, we're Christians. We know where we're going. And John says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I know some on our way home today will say, well, John, John was gruff. Maybe even John was out of line. But I'm convinced that John is telling us the truth. We may not be accustomed to hearing it, but John is telling us the truth. If we don't turn around, we'll miss it. I, I think about the direction of our gaze. And I can, I can set up a chair. And I can sit down in this chair. And you can tell me about the importance and the beauty of the one who is behind me. You can describe it with extravagant beauty. The, the one who is coming, the one who is behind me. And you can tell me all you want, but if I, if I don't turn, I won't see him. We will miss it. And I know some are going to tell us that John was just gruff and John was out of line and John, John needed a little more grace, but maybe John's telling the truth. As long as we're better at ranting than we are at repenting, as long as we can confess what's wrong with the world but never our own sin, as long as we're sure we know where we're supposed to go, you can describe the one who is coming, and we can describe the one who is coming with brilliant splendor and glory, but if we don't turn, if we don't turn around, we won't see him, and we will miss it. And you can call that gruff, and you can call it out of line, or we could call it the truth. I know we're not a group of people accustomed to being talked to this way. Call us snakes. Tell us to confess our sins. I know it'll go down easier. We say, peace, peace. We want just peace. Give me candy canes and Christmas movies. That's how I'll prepare for Christmas this year. But I'm convinced we need John. We need someone who will tell us the truth. Turn around, or you may miss it. As long as we're certain that we can see everything, as long as we're confessing everybody else's faults, we may miss the one who is coming because the kingdom that he ushers in, it is close, but it's not baptizing what you would have done anyway. It's an altogether different way of being. I know it may not go down easy, but I think we need John. And this morning, I think we may need to confess Invite the worship team back up, and they're going to they're gonna lead us in a song, and we're going to worship the Lord together. 
But I want to invite you as we worship, maybe you pause from your singing and do a little confessing. I don't know if you'll hear it anywhere else. I know it's candy canes and Christmas movies. But this morning, I don't think I'm alone in my need to confess. Perhaps you too this morning need to make some confession. Not just that you have sin, but of your sin. I invite you this morning to make confession and to hear and consider John's prophetic words to us. Turn around. Turn around. Because the one who is coming, he's better, better than what we would have picked ourselves around and consider the words of the prophet. Maybe it's time to stop ranting and start repenting. Because the one who is coming, the one who is arriving is more. He is more powerful. He is more capable. He is more compelling than anyone else you will ever encounter. And there isn't a one of us who is worthy to hold his sandals. There also isn't a one of us who doesn't receive his invitation to feast at his table and to receive his offering. So turn around. For the kingdom of heaven is close. It is close to us, but it may be far from what we first imagined, far better. I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to sing if you need to sing, to confess, as we all need to make that confession. And will you hear the prophetic call to turn around, for the kingdom of heaven is close. That's it for this time. Thank you for checking in with us, and we'll be back with another episode next week.